morning and welcome again. My name is Mike or Pastor Mike, and if you're a first-time guest here today, my prayer is that this place becomes home to you, that you can kick off your shoes, lay back in your seat, enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit, enjoy the presence of people who will wrap themselves around you and your life as friends. So do make yourself at home here. If there's any way that we can be more welcoming or make this environment more worshipful for you, please do let us know about that. And as we talked about just a couple of minutes ago, we are in the second week of a series we're calling Go to Grow. And this is a unique opportunity for our site to take a look at the future. Now, the best part about being in South Naperville is that for you guys who've been here from the beginning, you've seen us grow numerically. You've seen more people come and you've seen God add numbers to our group of people here. But hopefully and prayerfully, you've also seen growth happen inside yourself. Hopefully you've seen challenges to yourself, to your heart, take you to a new place spiritually as you've been a part of this venture from the very beginning. We are getting ready to celebrate our second year anniversary, our second birthday, which is awesome. Grateful to God for that. And as we're doing that, we understand that there are some awesome opportunities in front of us as a church body. We understand that God has called us to the ability to grow even more, not only numerically, but to grow on the inside, to grow as followers of Jesus. The best part of our journey at this point is it gives us the opportunity to step back and ask the question, what is it we're doing here? Why do we get together on Sunday mornings at a school and worship Jesus when we could be worshiping at Home Baptist instead or at St. Mattress Cathedral? in our pajamas, laying around at home and enjoying some TV or some Netflix or something together. Why do we come here? Why has Jesus called us here? The best news of all is that Jesus has called us by giving us the grace of God for free. He's given us the grace of God for free. We know that through faith in Jesus, we don't have to do anything to please God. So we come every single week to hear how God has given us this grace, and how when we discover the grace of God, Jesus doesn't just leave us where we are. He intends for us to grow. And that growth happens first on the inside and then expresses itself on the outside. We talked last week about the idea of becoming fishers of people and laying the groundwork, understanding that there's a standard by which God calls us to outreach to people. And it's not that we try to track people down who don't like us or don't want to be around us. God calls us to reach out to and share his grace with others that are already in our lives. People we call people of peace. If you have people of peace in your life, it's people who like you and want to be around you, want to spend time with you. And in those relationships, God gives us the ability to share the good news of Jesus in a very natural way. Now, As we talked about looking into the future, we understand here at South Naperville that along with those spiritual dynamics, we have a very physical opportunity to grow. And here's what that looks like. There is a worship space that sits adjacent to our early childhood center. It's at 2244 West 95th Street. If you've ever been to the early childhood center, at the end of the school year, we had about 80 children on the roster And that's starting after four years, that's starting with eight children growing to 80 on the roster. God has blessed that ministry. 
And right adjacent to the early childhood center, another church is renting a worship space. That church has said that in two years, it's going to exit, having built its own property somewhere else, it's going to exit that space, making it available. So for us, what that means is in a couple of years, we as a site have an opportunity to look at a lease of that space. We believe that God is calling us to grow numerically through growing internally as a disciple of Jesus and then sharing our faith. God has given us the opportunity to grow numerically where we believe we can reach about 120 people on a Sunday morning, including our kids down on Kid Street, in order for us to viably look at leasing this space uh, right there adjacent to our early childhood center. We believe that God is growing us on a trajectory to be able to do that. And so what we're doing today is we're not only taking a moment to pause over the next few weeks to celebrate our second anniversary, but we're also asking the question, when it comes to inviting new people and welcoming new people into different areas of our faith fellowship here, including not only the worship service, but our small groups, and into serving opportunities with us, what does it take for God to grow in us the ability to share our faith in conversation? This is when we sit down together with another person or another couple, and the life we live in Jesus permeates through us and is shared with those people that we sit down with. And so we're going to be asking the question today, what's the mountain the mountain that God would remove out of our way to be able to authentically, realistically share who we are in Jesus with other people? What is it that fear or that insecurity or whatever it might be, what is that mountain between us and the opportunity of sharing our faith in conversation? So that's our central focus, our theme for today. What I'd ask you to do is just take a look on the screen at a quote from one of my favorite authors. This guy is Hugh Halter. He wrote a book called Flesh, Bringing the Incarnation Down to Earth. And I love the way he puts this. He says, Jesus shows us that there's never a chance or change of mind, rather, unless there's a change of heart. And you know that to be true, right? The way we think flows out of what's going on in the side of us, right? There's never a change of mind unless there's a change of heart. And there will never be a change of heart without a conversation between trusted friends. Now, what I want to invite you to do for a moment, since most of us are adults in this room, is to think back to a time when you had a conversation with someone about the birds and the bees. Now, just take a moment and go back in time to that conversation, that ill-fated day when someone sat with you and talked to you about the birds and the bees. Here's how it went for me in all its graphic, glorified detail. My dad and I went to a fishing date together out somewhere. He took me to fish at a pond in Tennessee. And as we were casting the, the, the nets out there and casting the fly out there and trying to get some fish to come in, he asked me this question. He said, son, have you heard about the birds and the bees? And I said, yep. And he said, any questions? And I said, nope. And he said, good talk. <laughs> and from that point on, I had to figure out the birds and the bees myself. But what I learned from that was when I have my own children, 
I'm going to explain to them from God's point of view what the birds and the bees are because the birds and the bees came from God. God invented sex and he invented babies and he invented the whole process of being in love and understanding what it's like to become one flesh out of two. God is the one who made that happen. So why would we not have a frank and honest conversation with our children about where that comes from? Why would we not openly share what it is God's plan is for that part of our life that's so important? You know, but in the same way, we approach sharing faith with the same kind of fear, don't we? Having the conversation with our child about the birds and the bees is scary, especially on the first go-around. I can attest to that. But we approach the idea of sharing our faith in Jesus and the life we have following Jesus with the same kind of fear, the same kind of intimidation, as if we take our hands off that conversation, hoping that somebody else will pick that ball up and run with it instead. But God gives us the amazing opportunity to do something in the church, that is, to approach our sharing of faith in conversation with some skills. So what we don't want to do is say, we want you to go out and tell people about Jesus without you first knowing Jesus yourself. We want you to know who Jesus is. Jesus is God's son who loves you, who died for you. And historically, we have facts to, um, to back that up. He died for us on the cross. And we believe after he rose again from the dead, he showed himself to like 500 people. And then he ascended into heaven. We believe this guy, Jesus, still lives. That's why we don't say when Jesus was alive or Jesus used to or Jesus did. Because he's still alive. He's still doing stuff in and through you and me, regular, average, everyday people. Why would we keep that glorious good news to ourselves? Mainly through fear, through intimidation, through feeling inadequate. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is a mountain that Jesus intends to cast into the sea and to teach us how to share our faith through conversation. Well, we use a strategy here at South Naperville we call entertain, listen, and invite. And it kind of runs like this. Every single one of us has people in his or her life that like them and like to hang out with them. Raise your hand if you have no one in your life who likes you and likes to hang out with you. See, I proved my point except for the Packers fan in the front row. Everyone else has someone who likes them and hangs out with them. And Brennan, you and I, man, I'm going to come and hang out with you now just because you've identified yourself openly as a Packers fan. I think that's what Jesus would do. But anyway, you have someone in your life who likes you and wants to hang out with you. Maybe, it's, maybe you're blessed with a family member who digs you, who you still have a relationship with, even though you're grown up. Maybe you're blessed with a neighbor who likes to hang with you. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a friend from your childhood. Whoever it is, if they are open to the idea of you being yourself in front of them and not having to pretend who you are, then they are likely a person of peace. That is a person who not only likes to hang out with you, but who would be open to the idea of you sharing authentically who you are. And that includes the you 
who follows Jesus. Includes the one who follows Jesus. And so it gives us the opportunity to entertain someone by, you know, treating them to coffee or a beer or Taco Tuesday. If that's your penchant for food, for drink, for time spent together, invite someone to have a meal with you and then focus on one thing as you get together and share that beverage or that meal. The question, what's your story? Now, let me just propose something to you. Much of the world around you will try to shoot down Christianity over of facts, over the proving of facts. We may or may not be able to prove Jesus did this. We may or may not be able to prove Jesus said this. We may or may not be able to prove historically that this happened in the church's history. But there is no one on the face of the planet, not one single person who can disprove how God healed you and changed your heart and saved your life. There's not one person who can look into the darkest parts of your heart into what God saved and redeemed and rebuilt and disproved that with facts. That gives you ammunition. That gives you strength. It gives you a story to share and to tell. And in fact, that's the number one way God intends to spread the faith of, the, of Jesus all over the world is through each person's individual story shared as what some would call a testimony. We're just going to call it a story. But the way you start a conversation with someone that God has identified could be a person of peace is by asking, what's your story? If you've had a lifelong friend and you've never sat with them and just asked them this question, carve out some time. You'll be amazed at what they will tell you. You will learn things about them that you didn't know. In fact, for those of you married people, try this with your spouse. You may be surprised at some things you will hear. Because our story changes, doesn't it? As we live life, one thing remains the same, the constant in each of our stories who know Jesus. And that is whether our, our stories are on a high or our stories are on a low or our stories are flatlining somewhere in between, Jesus is there. He never leaves. He never forsakes. He always comes through. His love never fails, the song says. I love that song. But it comes down to the idea of when you set the stage to entertain and you butter that stage over with some food or drink, you set the stage for intimacy by providing some kind of form of a meal or drink or something that gives you the stage for intimate discussion. What you begin to do then is really listen. Listen to the other person's story, where they are today. And I would suggest this. As you listen to a person's story, really lean into it. Really hear what the person is saying. In fact, I would suggest this. Compare the last real conversation you had someone with a conversation that you've had in the past that lasted at least one hour long. Most of my conversations these days are somewhere between 30 seconds and five minutes long. But the last time I sat with somebody for an hour on purpose, and listen to them talk about their life for one hour straight, I got to really know who that person was. It wasn't just a conversation in passing. 
It was an opportunity for them to dig deep in here and to share stuff with me. I would suggest that if you have a person of peace, you carve out one hour to sit and simply listen to them. Ask them the question, what's your story? And then for one solid hour, don't share any of your life or any of your story. Simply listen. And then when that person stops in their story, what can you do? You can ask an open-ended question. Something like, tell me more about whatever the last thing was they just said. Now, there are probably this many people I can count on one hand in my life who cannot talk about themselves for an extended period of time. We all have that ability, but there must be a lead-in with care. You must demonstrate that you care for the person and you want to sit and listen. Does that mean you'll be checking your phone during the conversation? No. Put the phone in your pocket. Put it away. Turn it off. Whatever you need to do. Make eye contact. Nod your head that you acknowledge that you hear what's going on. And then ask open-ended questions. And as that story unfolds, what you're going to be listening for are some key questions. Now, if you're taking notes, write these down. If you don't take notes... Listen to the podcast after the message and take notes. You're listening for what we call three knots. The three knots come from Andy Stanley down in Alpharetta, Georgia. I had the pleasure of attending his church for a few months when we lived down there many, many years ago. But Andy describes the three knots as three key phrases you're going to listen to when someone is sharing their story. They include these. Things are not going well. They also include... Um, not into church or into religion or into faith. And they also include, I was not expecting that. When you hear those three knots, hear those three cues, it gives you an opportunity to understand that the person is being vulnerable with you on a certain level and is expressing a need. Maybe it's a need that they don't even understand yet. But what we understand in the kingdom of God following Jesus is that Jesus teaches, proclaims the good news of Jesus himself coming into the world. And what was the third thing? Do you remember from last week? Heals. This is the work of Jesus. Jesus teaches. He proclaims good news. And he heals. As someone is sharing vulnerabilities, what that does is it gives you the ability to share a part of the healing or the teaching or the proclamation that you have received from Christ yourself with that person in an intimate way, in an authentic way. Here's how that might play itself out. What you're doing is you're inviting that person in that moment when they express a vulnerability. What you're doing is inviting them into a spiritual conversation. And that spiritual conversation could literally look like this. It could be where you hear one of those cues. You know, things are not going well at home. My marriage is having difficulty. All of a sudden, a red flag goes up in your your head because you know, I heard one of the three knots. Things are not going well at home. My marriage is suffering. Or things are not going well at work. My boss is coming down to me all the time. I'm not enjoying what I do anymore. Or something like, I'm not into church. I'm not into religion. You know, you never hear the presence of God in the person's life, but you hear things like, you know, I really want to be uh, belong to a group of people and be in a group of people, but I don't have them. 
I don't go to church or do any of that kind of stuff. A red flag will go up. But what that does is it gives you the opportunity in that moment to share the teaching and the proclamation and the healing that you've received from Jesus. We practice a strategy here called the 20-second prayer. When we first got started at South Naperville, we used to actually program 10 minutes in our worship service to practice short prayers. We're going to actually practice a 20-second prayer today, and here's what that looks like. I have a, a lady who passes by my office at 2244 West 95th every day to walk from her office down to the ladies' room and back a couple of times. And as I've been there in the office and she's come by and stopped in and introduced herself, I've gotten little snippets of conversation with her as she's gone by. And then as I notice her having lunch out in front of the building, sometimes I'll stop by and have a little bit more conversation. But one day, she up and quit. And she was actually the manager of the office right across the hall from me, and she quit unexpectedly, which left all the workers in the office who I've also begun building friendships with, a little disheveled. They didn't know what was going to happen next. But then three days later, she reappeared. She changed her mind, decided not to quit, and came back. As she came back, it was kind of like a weird atmosphere in their office over there. I asked them, and they all told me. And she was clearly struggling with whether or not to stay in that job. So one day, as she was coming back from the bathroom, and she said... Hey, Mike, I said, hey, Sandy, can you stop for a minute? I asked her to step into the office, and she had previously told me at one point that she doesn't go to church and she doesn't even believe in organized religion, doesn't believe in it at all. I said, Sandy, you know me well enough to know. You know I'm going to ask you weird questions every once in a while, right? And she said, yep. <laughs> and I said, would you mind if I just pray for you for 20 seconds? She was like, sure, that'd be great. And she started to turn and walk away as if I was saying, I'm going to pray for you offline, right? I said, no, right now. And she was like, sure. And we know each other well enough. She trusted me in that moment to offer a 20-second prayer. And here's how it went. Dear God, I know that you love Sandy. I know that you love that she serves people at work. And I know she's having a challenging time. Please work in her and through her to bring your comfort and your peace as she goes back to work. In your name we pray, amen. Now, I was the only one praying that prayer, and that was less than 20 seconds, right? But what it did in that moment, through conversation, is it exposed her to a little snippet of the kingdom of God. It exposed her to God's love just for a moment. The same kind of love that I was exposed to when someone shared the gospel in a practical way with me a way I could understand. And I don't know if Sandy will ever come to church, but I know for that moment, I had 20 seconds to be Jesus to her. And there's no more clear, intimate way to do that than with a short, succinct, caring 20-second prayer. So what I'd like to ask you to do right now is practice the 20-second prayer with me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to cue you and you're going to repeat the words after me, just like I do with the kids in our early childhood center on chapel Thursday mornings <laughs> when we take prayer requests from three and four-year-olds. You're going to love it. What I'm going to do is cue you with specific language, and then I'm going to make the sign of a blank. And in that blank, I want you to fill it in with whatever the number one thing is on your mind. Are you ready? 
Todd's like, no way. This is too weird. This is too weird. All right, here we go. Trust me. Here we go. You trust me, right? You good? You good? Okay. Good back here? All right, here we go. All right. Close your eyes or open your eyes. Doesn't matter. Okay. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. I lift up before you. And I ask you to take care of that. In your name I pray. Amen. What does amen mean? It means I agree with what you just said. Okay, churchy language for yes, God, I dig what was just said there. That's what amen means, right? So that was pretty harmless, right? If you trust in Jesus, you can do that with anybody. But you can't do it with anybody without what first? A relationship, listening, and serving in some way, giving, having something come from you that treats them. It makes them feel loved or at least comfortable. But when you do that, it opens up a whole world of opportunities. And then if you continue to meet with that person and continue to build a relationship with that person, it might give you the opportunity to share your story. Because remember, you've listened to their story They may want to know something of you. You can pragmatically say this to a person and ask their permission. You can say these words. These words are perfect for starting that conversation. It's kind of hard to tell my story without God in it. Would you mind listening? You can literally share your story and get their permission to share the God you worship in your story by asking their permission. It's just like the birds and the bees conversation. If you dance around it, if you hide it, if you tuck it away somewhere, it's not going to be the real deal. Just let it all be there as God created it. It's the same with you, but it doesn't mean you can't ask permission first. I've got a story to tell. It's got God in it. It's kind of hard for me to tell my story without him in it. Would you be okay with that? If they say yes, it gives you permission to share how Jesus taught you how he proclaimed good news to you and said, I have saved you and I've given you everything of my kingdom for free because I took care of it on the cross. And when you share that, that is something that's irrefutable. There's another strategy. I've used this before with other people. If you've got someone who's interested in growing in the faith after your conversations, you can invite them to read a book with you. Now, be careful There are some books out there that teach theology that's not necessarily straight up. One of them that does, that's really good, is The Case for Christ. It's where a lawyer tries to disprove that Jesus is the real deal. And he ends up being a staunch believer and teacher and preacher. Because Christ can withstand scrutiny. So this guy wrote a book about that journey. And what I did with this person is I asked them, would you be willing to read The Case for Christ with me? And one chapter at a time, let's meet every week and discuss the chapter. They said yes, and faith grew. The last strategy is this. If you meet with someone and they want more, meet with someone on a regular basis and go through the gospel of John with them. If you want to follow Jesus, you're going to find Jesus's life in the gospel of John in the most raw and most easily assimilated way. 
by him just simply being who he is. Watch him through the gospel and you'll be able to follow him from the beginning. I want to close with the scripture and want to invite the children to come back in and worship with us. I'd like for you to actually read this with me on the screen, if you will. And the kids peeking around the corners can certainly do that too. Ready? Let's read this. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. This is the Lord talking in Isaiah chapter 55. And he's talking about his son, Jesus, coming to the earth and fulfilling everything that he desired in saving us from our sin and healing us to a new life. I'd ask you now to bow your heads and pray with me. And when we pray, after we pray, we're going to invite the kids to come back in and we're going to have some more prayer time together. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for giving us the tools we need to begin conversations of faith with people of peace. Now, God, we ask you to put us in front of those people, create those times and those spaces so these conversations may happen with us in full confidence of you and your power. In your name we pray, together we say, amen.